there's a lot of fear brewing in our world right now. There always is, to some extent, right? Especially election years. But this is just kind of really big right now. It's a wonderful time to share God's love and peace and to share that God is bigger than all this. This stuff doesn't surprise him one bit. I was somewhere recently and a girl was telling a story of when her husband had had just gotten through having like five heart attacks. She had just had a baby. She was going through postpartum depression and life was just too much. She cried out to God and she was kneel she said she was kneeling and sobbing and crying in the shower and she heard God say, "You don't trust me because you don't know me." And I keep thinking about that. I just keep thinking about that. You don't trust me because you don't know me. She went on to tell her story. She was blown away. Of course, she knew God. She had been a Christian for years, yet she realized it was true. She didn't really know God for herself. The more she thought about it, the more she realized she knew God from a devotional or a minister or a podcast or her parents or all the books that she tried to read, but she never really like had connected with God. When she took a step back and she started finding out about him for herself, not just something she had been given by her parents, which is awesome. It's awesome to have faith given to you by your parents, but there comes to be a point in time where you need to have it for yourself. So when she did that, when she started digging into the Bible and learning about who God was for herself, the more she found she trusted him. And I just keep thinking about this story. And then the coronavirus started and things just seemed, I mean, everybody is so worried. And I just have to think when we realize how big God is, when we actually know him, when we remember who he is and how big he is, and we remember the promises he said, we remember the love he has for us. And when we look around at that, instead of the circumstances that are swirling around us, then we can trust God because we know how big he is and we can have faith. So I wonder, how do you trust God? Do you trust him because you know him? Or because you've just been told about him. The more we know him, the more we trust him. The more we know him, the more we realize he is huge. Huger, which that's not really a word, but huger than all of these problems. If we really know him, then we know that in this world, we are meant to have trials and sufferings. We're meant to. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. What, what is this trouble going to look like? Will it look like the loss of loved ones? Will it look like coronavirus? Will it look like being home with our family? Will it look like homeschooling our kids for an extended amount of time? Will it look like communism in a country that used to be free? What will this trouble look like? If we know God... We know that he said, in this world, we will have trouble. If we know God, we will not be surprised when we have trouble. 
And if we know God, then we'll know peace. We, as we know God, we can have that swirling around us, but we can rest under the shelter of his wings. When we know God, we know he's walking beside us. When we know him, we know he's not giving up on us if we struggle with anxiety or worry or depression or any of the stuff we struggle with. When we know him, we know he's still right beside us. If we know him, we recognize it, this worry, this distraction, this anxiety as a distraction from the devil. And it points us or it causes us to turn our eyes back to God and his truth. This, this, you don't know me because you don't trust me because you don't know me thing. It kind of took me a couple days to really get over it. Like, do I really know God? It kind of took me a little bit to like take a step back and be like, what about me? Do I know him? And I think Satan used that against me for a little bit, like, like questioning, like, do I really know him? But when I sit down and think about like, do I know he's with me? Yes. Do I know him from the Bible? Do I know these promises? Can I, have I seen him work in my life? Then I could say for myself that yes, I do trust God because I do know him. So hopefully that doesn't send you guys into a tailspin, but hopefully it makes you sit back and realize, you know what? I do trust him. I do know him. I know he's so big. And I know I can trust him. So I was reading in the Gospels about how Thomas was doubting. And when Jesus came back, you know, he had a rose and he came back and he showed himself to all the disciples except for Thomas. And then finally he came back to Thomas. And in the Bible, it says, Eight days later, the disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said, Thomas, put your finger in here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, saying, My Lord and my God. And this just... When I read this, it just hit me like, we can believe. Like, God comes to us sometimes and just shows us in little ways, like we've been talking today, just little things that we know he shows up. He shows up in the little details. If you listen to the podcast episode before this, the one with the three stories, you, those girls talked about times when God showed up in a little thing, just a little thing. God showed up. We do not have to stay in disbelief. We can believe because we, God has showed up to us. Jesus has showed up to us and said, peace be with you. Don't disbelieve, but believe. And then going back to that scripture, Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to them, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. So sometimes I think, oh, I haven't seen Jesus. Like we haven't physically seen Jesus. We haven't put our fingers in his side. 
We haven't looked at his hands. We haven't touched his, his scars in his hands. But there's other times where we can see him. We can see him working. We can just, we can see him working. And so we haven't seen him physically, but we've seen him working around. Blessed are you who have seen and believe. Blessed are you who have not seen and still believe. But I feel like we've seen stuff. We've seen God work. We've seen Jesus work. We've seen the Holy Spirit work. So I feel like we're among those that we don't disbelieve, but we can, we can believe. Another scripture that really stuck out to me, and it stuck out to another girl in one of my texting groups, and she shared this, and then I got an email with somebody else who was sharing this, and I just knew that this was a chapter that needed to be read during this little online sister share event. Um, it's Psalm 91. So I'm just going to read it. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, in God, in my God, whom I trust. That's where we want to be, knowing him. We want to know who dwells in the shelter of the most almighty. We want to abide in the shadow of the almighty. We want to say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress in my God, whom I trust. The more we know him, the more we trust him. Then that chapter, Psalm 91 goes on to say, he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. And one of my friends recently told us in her study Bible, it the perilous pestilence refers to disease, plagues, epidemics. And that's pretty much what we're dealing with. We got, we got disease around. We have plagues, epidemics, parademics. This, this verse refers to that. Like, he will deliver you from the snail, snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. This also refers to the attacks of Satan, the darts, the worries, the anxiety, the, the stuff he's trying to send us, the stuff the devil's trying to put in our brains as we he- listen to the news each day or as we hear more um, updates on people who are sick. Satan's sending darts to us, worries, anxieties, rather than, you know, just distractions to get us to stop focusing on anything but God and praying for him, to him. Back in Psalm 91, he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. I love that word, refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by the day, nor the pestilence, there we go again, that word, the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. You could add to that list, nor the coronavirus, nor heart transplants or cancer. It doesn't say these things won't come if you look back to it. It doesn't say these things will never come in your life. No, that chapter says when they come, he will cover you. 
When they come, God will be your shield and your buckler. When these things come, you can find refuge in God. So it, it says, you will not fear. Those All these things come, the terror at night, the arrows that fly by the day, the pestilence that stark, stalks in the darkness, the destruction that wastes at noonday, the coronavirus, the heart transplant needs, the cancer. They'll come, but you will not fear. So when we know God, we know how big he is, we don't have to have that fear in our hearts. We can trust him. Psalm 91 continues on, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to fall you, befall you. No plague shall come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You'll tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent will trample underfoot. There are the promises. There are promises in all that. If we lean in and know him, if we lean in and trust him, then there's more promises. Because he, hold, he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. So when we hold fast to Jesus in love, he will deliver us. It goes on to say, I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So all those things can be personal for you. When you know Jesus, he will deliver you. He will protect you because you know his name. When you call to him, he will answer you. When you're in trouble, he will be with you. He will rescue you. He will satisfy you. He will show you salvation. And that's what we can stand on. That's what we can stand on, Jesus and his salvation. One more thing to quick close. I was reading in Acts a couple days ago, and Paul was getting ready to go to Rome, go to Jerusalem. And the Spirit was telling him he it was not going to go well for him. And this really stuck out to me. And I'll read Acts 20, 22 through 24. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm this is Paul talking. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what's going to happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. So, this is Paul talking. He's saying, I'm going up to Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit keeps warning me that prison, hardship, hard stuff is going to face me. Now listen to what he says. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. I feel like that just puts life into perspective. He was facing hard stuff, prison, hardships, possible death. 
but his whole goal was to testify to the good news of God's grace. I feel like that's a good goal for us too. That we could testify, we could share, we could be a light to those people around us and share about the good news of God's grace.